Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, Arrowhead Addict? We have like Chief's Kingdom. Is it Arrowhead Attic Kingdom? Is that an extension of that? If it is, Sterling, you are the you're the king. I would I'd call you the king. How are you today, my friend? Doing good. I'm I'm drinking a beer, so I'm doing fantastic. It's it's a hell of a day. It's like 62 degrees outside, and I'm drinking beer. What more can you want in life? It's nice, nice. Uh, I'm not drinking anything. However, I decided I'd teach myself a bunch of cocktails. So I've been working my way slowly through a list and I'm into rum right now. So I go to the liquor store. I buy like, literally I go to the liquor store. What I buy you, a like, fucking pirate. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I've already been through like, like bourbon gin. And I was like, I don't know about rum. So I go and buy like seven bottles of rum and this, <laughs> up front. I was like, all right, I got dark rums, light rums. I got Navy rums. I got, I mean, I'm like reading all up this stuff. And then turns out the only drinks you can make with rum are like when you're going on a cruise. So <laughs> my wife's like, why are we making all this stuff with like coconut? It's like the middle of winter. And uh, I'm like, hell, that's the stage we're in. So anyway, I've had like, like, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, all kinds of, all kinds <laughs> of Connor's telling you right now, he's basically drunk. I'm assuming I'm that's, that's, uh, he's Here's had a few cocktails. I had a few cocktails. Here's what I wish. I wish I was slightly in the whatever on uh, Casey beer. That's what I wish. That's what you're drinking. Let's give a shout before we get going. Let's do it right now before we get into all of our Chiefs talk. Uh, Casey Beer Company, Dare to Beer Different. It's the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. The only local brewery to Casey to focus on German beer styles. Casey Beer Co. is sold through Kansas and Western and Northern Missouri. Casey Beer Co. brews according to the German purity laws of 1516. That's a long ass time ago. Using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. Honestly, I had a Super Bowl party at my house on uh, on Sunday, and we just cracked open and went through a ton of KC beer. I, I think I converted a lot of my friends to go to KC Beer Company. They're all stoked now because they were drinking the uh, Baltic Porter and the Edelweiss. And just got to say, KC Beer Company makes phenomenal beer. Even if we weren't sponsored, I'd still be crushing their beer. But... Um- Oh, go ahead. No, come on, Tom Cruise. Give me what you thought. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm, I was just going to say you're doing the Lord's work. That's all I was going to say. Clearly, I didn't need to interject with that, but go ahead. I just say it's time to start talking Chiefs. 
I want to get into it. I have a lot of thoughts. I want to talk Super Bowl. I want to talk Eli Apple and his dumbass. I want to talk enemy and more. Let's start first, though, with the Super Bowl. The Rams won. Matt Stafford, first time in the playoffs, coming home with the ring. Aaron Donald ringing him up. Van Jefferson popping kids out and getting a ring. I mean, basically everyone was stoked except for St. Louis. <laughs> How are you feeling in the wake of the Super Bowl? Because here's, I found myself when it came like in, in that sort of in-between time between like the loss and Super Bowl. There's like two weeks. And in that time, I thought, I'm good. I'm like, I, I've come to terms with it. It sucks KC lost. Um, like the sting felt like it went away. And then in the lead up to it, all this like Joe Burrow hype, all this, I mean, Eli Apple doesn't help anything. And we'll get to that in a second. But just in general, then watching the game, I just thought, man, I actually thought I may root for the Bengals because they were such a fun story as like this team that's been through the dregs. And now they're like, I I like Joe Burrow as a player. There's a lot of players on the team. I think, you know, like I, I just thought it was a great story. And then um, watching the game, I had a really hard time not going, we should be there. Those two teams played like I was watching a Week 11 game. Am I wrong about that? It felt like no. I was watching a Week 11 game with really expensive entertainment. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and the commercials kind of sucked, too. Am I getting old or the commercials just blow now? What happened to the old Coors Light and Twins or the Miller Lite, more taste, less filling. Now it's like I'm crying about robot dogs. I bleep and hate it. But yeah, that, that that really felt like a very boring game up until about the fourth quarter. I will say that the fourth quarter was relatively interesting. Matt Stafford, who has the fifth most comebacks in NFL history at quarterback, tacked another one onto that tally. That game to me encapsulated everything that is Matt Stafford. Ups, downs two interceptions, one wasn't his fault, the other one was basically a punt, and then threw three touchdown passes and came back when it mattered most. Matt Stafford outplayed Joe Burrow. The defensive line for the Rams stepped up when it mattered most, and Joe Burrow, quite frankly, I think, brought some of those sacks on himself. I know the offensive line of the Bengals is not this fantastic O-line, but he could get the ball out quicker. He, he really could, especially when you have those type of weapons. I'm, I'm very happy for the Rams. I'm very happy for everyone except for Stan Kroenke. And I'm glad that finally the Bengals can maybe get taken down a peg. Just just a little bit. Just take a little, little of the cockiness off. Yeah. Uh, for you, I mean, they've earned the right. They I mean, they beat the Chiefs. They beat them twice. Technically, the road to the AFC now goes through Cincinnati. Does it feel that way to you, or are you like, sure, they can say that, but I don't care? Mm, No, they can kick rocks. They can pound sand. The Chiefs are already Super Bowl favorites for next year. Yeah, Cincinnati is a good team. I'm not going to just like blast them. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl. They were there for a reason. They had things go their way, but you can say that about almost any team in the NFL who's ever won a Super Bowl. You typically have things go your way. It still runs through Kansas City. Four straight AFC championship games hosted. Kansas City is the better team. And quite frankly, what goes against the Bengals having some sort of, uh, I don't want to say hold, stranglehold, Ted Nugent reference there, they're in a tough division. They lost eight games this year, seven in the regular season, and then the Super Bowl. It's not like they were this unbeatable force. Yeah. 
just wait until they have to face a first place schedule next year. Yeah, just, there, there you go. <laughs> just wait until they're just wait till they're picking at the bottom of the draft round every round. I don't think I don't think they're going to get back there again next year. I think they face a long shot to make it there ever again. Not saying that's against Joe Burrow. It's hard. It's hard to. It's fucking hard. Mahomes is Superman, and it's difficult as shit. You could have things go your way. The Chiefs yep. had things go their way, and they still didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's fucking hard. The Bengals had everything break their way, which is what you kind of have to have happen because there is a lot of parity in the NFL. That's why the NFL is one of the greatest products known to mankind. So, no, I don't think the Bengals, though, are going to all of a sudden just waltz back and just not run through Cincinnati. They had a good season. Let's yeah. wait until they host four straight AFC championship games. I'm not sure that Joe Burrow is ever going to face the ghost of Big Ben twice, Lamar Jackson's backup twice, and Baker Mayfield, whatever's going on there in Cleveland twice. That's six gimmies, six gimmies on the schedule. I don't think it's ever going to be that soft again for the Bengals. And certainly then the rest of the time they were also facing last place teams. Let's move on a little bit. Let's talk specific Bengals. Let's talk specific Bengals cornerbacks. Let's talk specific loud-talking Bengals cornerbacks. Let's talk specific Bengals cornerbacks whose own former teammates love to shove him under the fucking bus. (laughs) Eli Apple. Uh, Eli Sour Apple. Apple Crisp. Apple whatever you want to say. Apple Sauce. I put a joke on Twitter saying, no apple has caused more damage since... I read the book of Genesis. Emmanuel, <laughs> Emmanuel Acho stole that joke an hour later and put it on. I know he got it from me. He messaged me privately saying, I'm stealing your shit. So I heard that, Emmanuel. <laughs> you took my shit. You got that? Anyway, I cracked a great, I cracked a great joke. Eli Apple, it's, it's just so – I was going to say Eli Apple is bananas, but that's a fruit joke. Tell me what you're thinking about Eli Apple and the fact that everyone in the entire NFL is okay by going all over him and and like throwing him under the bus. I have never seen opposing fan bases, opposing players, every single organization come together like this. It's incredible. Who's backing up Eli Apple except for maybe a couple guys on Cincy? And even then, I haven't really heard much. Like, I have not seen this type of togetherness if the united states of america could come together like this this would be impressive did did you see his former teammates just like new, roasting him like new orleans saints player like michael thomas others just going yeah this guy sucks look at this guy he can't cover shit i mean it's crazy it's crazy you know you're a horrible person you know you're a horrible person when your own teammates are hanging it's one thing for chiefs players to sound salty Right. Like when like for McCall Hardman to like put his ring out there, you're like, okay, that's good. But that's also salty. Chiefs lost. I get it. But dude is his own teammates ripping him. Another one. Uh, Just like Lucas said, there's a reason his old New Orleans and Ohio State teammates ripped him. You know, S. Trimbley says a total indictment on him. Is there anyone who likes Eli Apple, including Eli Apple's mother or grandmother? Anyone? Matt, I love you when you drink rum. You are even more entertaining. You're you're petty. You're I'm salty. Petty. 
And frankly, I love it. What are the percent chances that Eli Apple is playing for the Chiefs next year? What if he's what if he's the replacement for Mike Hughes? Would would the fan base revolt? Is there any chance anyone would ever accept him on this team? Never. Not happening. Brett yeah, Veach so would silly. not do that. Yeah. Unless you bring him in for spring, uh, what's that, uh, training camp just to get torched, to get everyone's confidence up, then I could see it. Love it. Love it. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Super Bowl losses in terms of injuries because OBJ goes down with what looks like a torn ACL midway through the game. He was having a hell of a game already. He's had a hell of a postseason. He was looking like everything that a team would have wanted him to look like. You have talked about OBJ being with the Chiefs uh, next year. Now that there's this long injury rehab ahead of him, it's not his first time facing such an injury. Like, what do you make of this? What do you make of your wishes to bring him to Kansas City? Like, what were your thoughts at that moment and after? I fucking love Odell Beckham Jr. He is so incredibly talented and he truly wants to win. I, I think he got a bad rap for showing some of his emotion on the sideline when he was in New York, toiling away in that pitiful organization. Then he went to the Browns right after, we're not going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, guess what? Yeah, we're going to trade you. And I truly think that he thought, though, he had a solid team. You know how much hype was around those Browns? You know how much was going on with that team saying, oh, this is the team. And then Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. Then they started playing better football. And then OBJ was going to come back and be the final. Uh, he was going to be the, the, the piece that put him over the top. Well, then Baker Mayfield happened. And so he wanted out. I don't blame him. Baker Mayfield was horrendous. He was a dumpster fire. He was two scoops of ass. <laughs> Did you see what happened when he went to the Rams? It was incredible. Him going up against second and third string, sorry, tertiary cornerbacks. It was child's play. The word of the day. I'm just going to say, if he was here in Kansas City and always comes back to health, if he's healthy, this Chiefs offense would be truly ridiculous. Because he 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 is a red zone threat, even without being extremely tall. He has the ability to stretch the field. He's very good over the middle of the field, and he might have the best hands in the NFL. Yeah. I would love OBJ to Kansas City based on what we see from from the injury based on I know it's a torn ACL but not every ACL heals the correct the, the the same way sometimes you come back quick sometimes it takes a year and a half I know the Chiefs don't have to have a wide receiver too but having OBJ would just be incredible uh, I think they do I think they have to I, I think uh, they went hard after Juju Smith-Schuster in a very public way it did not work out they went after Josh Reynolds T.Y. Hilton in a more quiet way. Those did not work out. Um, Josh Gordon did not work out as planned. Uh, The Chiefs have not made any secret about we want another wide receiver that is not on this roster, and we want him to be able to perform well and create separation. And so even a guy like, like Josh Gordon, who was not working out, was still given every chance to be the guy, even as he clearly wasn't the guy yet. It was amazing how many reps he was getting, even when he wasn't like producing or dropping the the few targets that were going his way. So I, I don't think there's any secret. I think the whole league knows the Chiefs are, are after someone. Here's where it gets complicated for me. If you want OBJ, you don't know that he's healthy until the dust has settled on every other option, right? Sure. So, so you can't you can't count on him being there. 
but by then he may already be crowded out. So it could be a great deal for a team that takes the chance, but do you take the chance and maybe go through a whole draft cycle or even a draft without addressing the very thing that you've been trying to address since a year ago at this time? Yeah, I ripped that chance. I'm taking that chance every single time. The Chiefs are able to weather that storm. You don't give a quarterback half a billion dollars to have to give him the best wide receiver too. It's nice to have. It's a bonus. I don't think OBJ is going to break the bank because of this injury. Yeah, You can weather the storm. I trust Patrick to weather the storm. Come playoff time, it'd be nice to have that elite talent. That's all you're hoping for at that point. You can give him the entire regular season if you want. (laughs) OBJ, at least in my opinion, is a guy who's going to age gracefully in the NFL. Even if his speed diminishes, those hands you cannot take away. His hands are just incredible. And I think his ability to stretch the field may diminish, but his uh, middle of the field, you know, the intermediate routes, I think those will still be there. He's a great route runner. You're loving this guy. Dude, I loved him when he came in. I was I was so high on OBJ. He, like, he just went down with a major knee injury. He's probably not walking for a couple months, and you're like, bring him. Put him on my team. You're like a – you know that, remember that Jewel song about hands? You're like, his hands are amazing. I know, but they're not yours. They're yours. Anyway, we have Eli Apple uh, himself in the comment section – Eli's been a little bit repentant in the comments section. We appreciate Eli being here, um, crying, admitting he's sorry. Um, it's been good that way. So, Eli, we, um, you know, maybe a few more comments that show how reticent, how, how apologetic you are. Uh, you know, we we're a forgiving bunch. Chiefs Kingdom is a good, uh, a good community, good forgiving community. Sterling, one more uh, Super Bowl note for you, right? The Rams in their win uh, on Sunday, kind of showed a different way of going after roster construction, right? They're they're throwing a couple first-round picks for Matt Stafford. They threw a second and a third for Von Miller. You know, like they're, like they're not – they went after OBJ. They're not afraid to say, hey, look, screw the future. We've got a real chance here right now, and it worked out. They went all in at the table, pushed all their chips in, and they got the championship that they were looking for. The Chiefs' window is clearly right now. Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, if they resign Matthew, you've got Chris Jones. You have a core here that's capable of winning right this moment. Is there any sort of inspiration that you would draw from the Rams and say, you know, maybe we just need to go all in in 2022 and just vet it up, and if that means we trade draft picks, whatever – Let's Rams this thing and get a second championship. Personally, I like it. Again, to a certain extent, but it obviously worked for the Rams. They don't have a first-round draft pick to what, like 2030? But guess what? That that ring and that flag flies forever. I, I like the approach of being on the more aggressive side, especially when you have such a short window. Look at, for example, the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA. Remember Trust the Process? Remember the yeah. whole tank and stuff? Where's that championship? Yep. How long has Oklahoma City been trying to to rebuild and get a championship? Yep. I know the NFL is a little bit different because there is more parity. And once you get maybe one or two top end guys, like you, once you find your quarterback, you typically have a better shot. But I, the Chiefs have kind of been on the more aggressive side. They've traded up. They don't trade down. That Frank Clark deal. They knew they weren't going to see 
the full five-year contract of, of Frank Clark, but they wanted to win now. That deal was a win-now trade. That was a win-now win contract extension and signing of Frank Clark. I, I would say Orlando Brown Jr. was a case of the middle ground of you gave away your first-round draft pick, but that was to bolster the line now and for the future if you can resign him. I think there is a little bit of middle ground, but it's really hard to to say the Rams didn't do the right thing when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I find it hard to tell because you want to say, on the one hand, I think I totally understand why they wouldn't want to go that route. Because this Chiefs window is not only open right now, but the Chiefs Super Bowl window is open as long as Mahomes is under center. Yeah. So to cash it all in now is to maybe lose out on your long, like you're always going to be competitive long-term. So you don't need to like, push all your chips in because you're always going to have chips. At the same time, watching the Rams celebrate, I'm like, and watching the lack of other celebrations other than the one that Mahomes has won so far um, makes me think, man, maybe we should have put in a second and a third for Von Miller. Maybe we should have flipped a couple firsts for Jalen Ramsey. It's a very interesting situation that I'm in because I'm very analytical. I love the deeper dive into numbers. I love looking at what they can tell us and how they can sort of predict what the future may hold, right? But at the same time, you don't play for hypothetical wins. You don't play for the, oh, well, this could work out, and this yep. this looks like it could be the right decision. You play for the right decision. You play for the wins. It's a win-now business. It doesn't matter what should have happened. Brandon Staley, for example, Brandon Staley on those two Chiefs games played him the exact same. Got him one win, lost him one, and he got shelled for being too aggressive. Too aggressive. Uh, but the analytical community said that was the right decision. He got shelled because it didn't work. It's a win-now business. When it doesn't work, you are going to get shelled. Yeah. But again, you don't play for hypothetical wins. You play for real wins. So I'm, I'm a fan if the Chiefs were on the more aggressive side. Okay. Boy, that's interesting to me. I I um I think maybe I would have agreed with you, except watching Brett Veach draft last year. I mean, I just I can't get over Brett Veach's first draft class. The best return on that was Derek Nottie, who plays 35% of snaps as a rotational, like like a run-stopping interior lineman, right? And he gets to and he gets to play next to Chris Jones, who makes everyone look better like so that's your best player your second best player in his first class was what Dorian O'Daniel right maybe Armani Watts like a special teams player was his second best return in his first draft class Brett Veach last spring Brett Veach is able to draft multiple starters right so much that he that 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 you had a fight over like who should have been rookie of the year for the Chiefs this year so there's a part of me that, that thinks Man, Brett Veach is learning how to draft. That front office is working together, trading future draft picks when they can turn into such immediate contributors. Maybe I'm okay not going all in. And sure, I'll give you uh, another example here. We took a look back on the radio show I do on ESPN Kansas City, the home stretch, 3 to 4 p.m., if you guys want to check it out. Uh, we took a look back at the 2019 draft by Brett Veach, and at first glance, you go, that's just, that's just fine. But it wasn't a good draft for a lot of teams and that's the McColl Hardman draft for those of you that are just off the top of your head thinking what 2019 was. Three of those players you would have kept. Uh, it was Legereus Sneed, right? It was, no, 
Rashad Fenton, sixth rounder, Nick Allegretti in the seventh round, even Mecole Hardman to an extent. Do you, as much as you would like DK Metcalf on this team, if you're playing Madden, do you want that head case in the locker room? He fits this roster as far as what this team would like to have uh, on the opposite side of Tyreek. But do you want a guy who complains when he's not getting his targets if he's going to be the third string option? You could say, sure, maybe they could have gone with Terry McLaurin or they could have gone with Deontay Johnson. But you can do that with almost any single player. They didn't really miss. And in my truth, my, my real opinion here is they wouldn't have drafted Miko Hardman if the draft was four months later. They did no. it because of the Tyreek Hill situation. They will, they will <laughs> never admit that. But that was part of the equation. Yeah, I I think Brett Veach is a very good drafter, but something that we've not seen them do very well drafting is at the edge position. Interior, they've been fine as far as we've seen Wharton, Naughty, some some other interior defense alignment. But Bashad, I mean, um, TK, he didn't pan out here. Josh Ricando, Brilliant Speaks. Michael Dana might have been the most effective one, and he was a fifth-round guy that a lot of people said they reached on. Hopefully Josh Kando can turn into something in time. Let me just give a quick shout out before we move on. We got a couple other talking points. We want to talk B enemy. We want to talk some team awards, etc. cetera. Uh, but just real quick, if you're listening, if you're watching, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, want to give you a shout out to do that. Uh, we just so appreciate all you guys every week. You guys have tuned in. It was an awesome regular season. It was a uh, awesome up until the end um, postseason. Um, whether we're winning or whether we're losing, it's always made better by the community of fans. Um, if you join as part of the Arrowhead Attic group, uh, you get access to uh, badges and several other perks, including private Discord channel, which which all of us are a part of. We'd love to be a part of it. It's just a fun Chiefs community. If you just want to hang out with other Chiefs fans who are just like you, feel free to, to uh, the membership details are right there. And yeah. That's all we'll say about that. But we love you guys. Appreciate you being a part of it. That's what's going on. We have a super chat, Sterling. Just want to give a shout out here to Debosa Dan. Am I saying that right? Debosasin. De- I feel like I'm like Harry Carey. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, a couple more rum and pineapples will be good. I'm, I'm, I'm like Harry Carey when he's doing the cover. I'm like, hey, hey, everybody, it's Jose Sadberg. Uh, yeah, anyway, Debosa Sand <laughs> says, is it possible to money ball? What Setsa Daddy did? Uh, let me ask you. What? That is the worst Harry Carey. I think that was I've a great ever... Harry Carey. Was oh not a good man! Harry? Anyway, the De- De- was made out of De- cheese. The De- 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 says, "Is it possible to moneyball what Cincinnati did?" What do you make of that? It's a good question, but I think moneyball really only works in baseball because of the difference in salary cap in the NFL. It's just different. It's a level playing field. There's no advantage necessarily to money balling in the NFL. It's an advantage when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And Cincinnati went out and hit on actually some pretty mid-range free agent signings outside of Trey Hendrickson, which was pretty big. You know, that was a pretty big guy to bring in. Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans had a hell of a season. He showed up all playoff long. So it's not like Cincinnati really didn't spend any money they did hit on a lot of draft picks but they supplemented that especially on the defensive side of the ball with a lot of very solid free agent signings 
Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Jewel and Harry Carey sound remarkably familiar. I'm are remarkably similar. That's going to have me laughing for a very, very long time. Elijah says that's, that that doesn't sound like any real human that ever existed. <laughs> Appreciate that. You're so right. Hey, You're I, will, getting I will roasted say, in the chat, dude. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm here for it. Um, I will. I will say this though: if anyone's moneyballing it, it seems like the Rams, right? Like the idea behind Moneyball is find what's undervalued that everyone else is looking looking over, and it seems like maybe the Rams were going. No one's trading for Von Miller. This may be the premier edge veteran rusher in the entire NFL. Or we really uh, is no, no one really doing trading that? for him. A second and third rounder. I'm pretty sure a lot of teams would have said only a third. Go ahead, Jalen Ramsey. Two first round draft picks. That ain't muddy ball. I get it, except I'm just except I'm just thinking the NFL is such a copycat league and draft picks are so overvalued at this point. Sure. That the team that's willing to divest themselves of the uncertainty and go, give me the known quantity. We'll take it. We you know, like we may not get cost controlled youth and whatever, but like that's what the Saints have been doing for a little while or whatever. So it's like anti moneyball. It's like if you haven't seen Moneyball but you think it's what it's about because money's in the name. It's like, oh yeah, Moneyball, the 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 team that spends all the money on the top end players, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the undervalued, you know, whatever the undervalued thing is there, um, is is gonna be an interesting you know, it's it's the Chiefs going cheap a cornerback and figuring out ways to do it. You know, maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, it's worked. Hey, let's move on. Big news. Because we don't know, at least at the present time, whether or not Eric Bieniemy is going to be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time in 10 years. This would be his 10th season on the sideline in Casey. That's a long picture. Where were you 10 years ago? Right. You were probably in preschool at the time. I don't uh, know. 17. I was in high school. Blue Valley North Mustangs, baby. Stand up. You were getting you were getting a senior picture in front of a laser background going like this with your foot on a stepladder. That's what you were doing, my friend. I had a Britney Spears shirt on in, in that picture. <laughs> Not even kidding. <laughs> Eric B. Enemy said the 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 news comes out says is Eric Eric B. Enemy is gonna have a meeting with Andy Reid. They're going to work out what his future is. I'm just looking at this going, okay, okay, is it, it, who is this? Is this the Chiefs going, hey, it's time for you to go? Because we're losing guys like Kafka who know they're never going to work their way through you. They're going to have to go around you at this point. Or is this Eric Bieniemy looking at the team going, if I don't get away from here, I'm never getting this promotion? Like, like how do you read the tea leaves here? I think this is Eric Bieniemy and his camp leaking some of this stuff too because typically you don't find out which guys are free agents you don't typically find out which head coaches are available this feels like a situation where the enemy is trying to in his camp and rightfully so they're trying to up his value they're trying to say all right well well then who wants us who who wants if you're not going to hire me as a head coach well i'm damn sure going to be the best oc on the open market i think it's maybe a little bit of a inflating him him up to get a larger contract I think he stays with Kansas City, but is that what's best for his future? I don't see a scenario where the Chiefs lose Mike Kafka and they also say, we have the choice to keep the enemy, but we're not going to bring him back. That seems like a ton of front office change, or should I say coaching change for a team that typically doesn't have they have coaching turnover, but not necessarily this much in one season. Yeah, I I don't know how to read this, man. I, I um I'm not sure that you know, there's 
you read these reports about drama, this, not the other. You know, look, I think these guys have been together so long that if there's any bad blood, it quickly becomes water under the bridge. Like these relationships go deep. Everyone knows each other. Do you worry at all if Eric Bieniemy leaves the Chiefs for whatever reason? Chad Henney is now a free agent. Mike Kafka is now a member of the New York Giants coaching staff. Eric Bieniemy goes wherever. That is a lot of voices that was in the quarterback room around Mahomes now completely gone. Does that excite you at the thought of new voices coming in? Does that worry you that, oh, wow, that's a lot of loss of support very quickly? That would worry me more than excite me. When it's one guy and you bring someone else in for to be the new voice, I like that. It's always good to hear new voices, to expand uh, your thought process, get outside of your comfort zone. But when you have everything around you change, of course, Andy Reid is still there. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is still fucking Patrick Mahomes. But when you have so much change, it can be very difficult for a player. Mahomes is not Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield has had a lot of issues with coaching changes uh, around him. He was best when he finally got some sort of stability with Kevin Stefanski. A lot of players, when they find, for example, Josh Allen, I'm very nervous what's going to happen without Josh Dable up there. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous to see what's going to happen to to Josh Allen. I think it's very difficult when you have so much change around you. Not saying Patrick can't overcome it, but would I expect at least some sort of maybe Rocky start a little, a little something different? I, I could see that just because you're so used to having these guys around you. They know what to look for. They know how to go to Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick's going to listen to these guys. Is Patrick going to listen to, let's just say, Alex Smith the same way he listened to, to Kafka? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, what I do like is that the Chiefs are not without options of guys who could come back who are at least familiar faces. You know, Matt Nagy could easily come back um, and find a find a home here. You mentioned Alex Smith. I mean, who knows if that's even an option. But there there are some guys out there who are familiar with this team, David Cauley, et cetera, um, who could come back and at least be another voice once removed, um, now returned. Uh, wh- what do you think is going to happen then with Eric Bieniemy? If you had to guess, one year from now, where we see Eric Bieniemy, is it on the Chiefs' sideline? Yeah, it's going to be in Kansas City. I truly think so. You're talking about this upcoming season? This upcoming season. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be here in Kansas City. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. And if not, Matt Nagy, they got your number. I wouldn't mind a Matt Nagy reunion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense there. Uh, man, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that the pain of four straight off seasons of no job leads. It just feels like a lot. It feels like maybe a year away. It feels like I don't know. I don't know. I think other teams maybe even open would open up an extra job if it meant adding the enemy as a voice in the room. And I think maybe just gaining a year of experience with another team, another system, somebody else away from the shat the shadow of Mahomes and the shadow of Reed or something to escape in this case. I hate it because because Matt Nagy didn't have to do it. Doug Peterson didn't have to do it. It's silly that Eric Bieniemy has to do it. It is what it is. I, I agree, but we'll never know. We're not never. in the interview room. We're never going to know. 
we'll never know if the whole John Elway stuff is true or not. We'll we'll never know if John Elway was truly disheveled, if he was hung over. It's it's between those those gentlemen. And that's what's so difficult about the situation because on paper it feels like it's bullshit that the enemy's not getting a job, but we don't know. It's it is a lot of speculation. We're hearing always from sources. From sources. And yeah. if we're not that source, it's just tough. It sucks. I would love to know. I would love to know if he actually is a good interviewer or not. We we always hear half the people say, oh, he's a great interviewer. And then half say, well, he can't interview. We don't know. I would love to be in the interview room just to see him, to see our own perspective. Yeah. I, I hate I hate the the negative slant on him about things that we have known like nothing about. Like I would be pissed if I heard that I was a bad interviewer from a bunch of people who'd never interviewed me before. Yeah, that would just that would just be very unfair in that way. Let me um let's move on here. One more, a couple more big questions around the Chiefs announced their award winners today, Sterling. And you said you don't know the answer. Is that right? I don't know. I've not looked it up. I just got home before okay. this. Uh, I was on radio before this. I've not seen this yet. Okay. The Chiefs announced the Mac Lee Hill Award winner, who is their annual Rookie of the Year. Um, and then they also announced the winner of the Derek Thomas Award, which is the team MVP. That's not defensive MVP. That's team MVP. Okay. So let me ask you who you think deserve. like since you don't know, I'll be able to do a reveal and you'll be able to tell me whether that's a horrible choice, a good choice, a what-in-the-world choice. Let's start with the Mac Lee Hill Award for Best Rookie. You got your guy, like, as a as a Tiger, fellow Tiger, but also there's some other obvious candidates. So who do you think won the Chiefs Rookie of the Year? Wow, this is tough. Nick Bolton, most tackles for loss in the NFL on whatever his snap count was, which was definitely not enough. Nick Bolton was incredible all season long in his progression especially in pass coverage. He grew so much. Yeah. Nick Bolton was incredible, but I feel like they gave it to Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey was ranked by PFF as the best center in the NFL. Not rookie, best center. Creed Humphrey was, I think, maybe the biggest upgrade at a position for Kansas City. Nothing against Austin Ryder. He was very fine, but Creed Humphrey was elite. That jump was extremely noticeable. I'm going to guess Creed Humphrey. You would be wrong. They gave it to they gave it to Nicholas Mizzou Bolton. Yeah, let's see. I couldn't be disappointed that way. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't set, be disappointed. You set yourself up well there. You set yourself yeah. up well there. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Like, would you have given that to him too? Then, like, based upon what you said, it sounded like you were convinced that Bolton was was your was your favorite rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I think you could go either way. But if you're going to go by which player grew more, I would say that Nick Bolton probably had the the best growth from early on being a liability in pass coverage to Nick Bolton being, I think, average, maybe a little bit below average, but, but maybe average in, in pass coverage. I thought that was um, impressive. And, yeah, Creed Humphrey was the best center in the NFL. So I, I would have had no qualms giving it to either Nick Bolton or Creed Humphrey. But as a Mizzou guy, uh, I, I'm not going to be upset that Nick Bolton got to uh, take home this award. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think the whole team wins. Just because there was an actual, there was a year where Andrew Wiley won this award, right? Which, no offense to Andrew Wiley, but if that is your best rookie, you've got some serious issues with your whole first year class. The fact that this year, uh, what Pro Football Focus just released their top 
100 players of the season. Creed Humphrey came in as the 26th highest graded player in the entire NFL. He led six Chiefs on that list. Mahomes mm-hmm. was last at 69, and Humphrey was first nice. at, like, at 26 or 27. And he didn't win the Chiefs rookie of the year. That's a little crazy. Trey Smith, it was a beautiful class. It was a beautiful class um, with a lot of potential. If Josh Kando adds anything at all, if Noah Gray turns into a somewhat used receiver, I mean, the class only looks that much better. Let me ask you this then. Team MVP. In a year where it fell slightly short, in a year where a lot of guys did well, but maybe not as well as they normally, like, as I was thinking about it, I thought Tyreek Hill had a great year, but not the greatest that we've seen. Travis Kelsey had another productive year, but not the most productive we've seen. Same thing could be said with Mahomes. Same thing could be said with, with Matthew. Same thing could be said with Jones. It feels like all of the, it felt like that for the Chiefs overall, had a great year, but not, it felt like all this, all the players statistically, ended up kind of faring the same way the team did, right? So who do you pick there? Mm. I don't I don't think it's going to be Mahomes. I think they're going to go a different route. I'm going to go a wild card route and say Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney played through a broken hand and was unbelievable all season long. Joe Tooney, I think, helped turn this offensive line around. We saw what it was the previous Super Bowl to what it was this season. Joe Tooney got this massive contract. And at that time I go, was he going to play left tackle then? Like Joe Tooney is getting this much money. He's going to play left tackle. Joe Tooney lived up to the contract as a guard, at least so Crazy. far on their early returns. It, it, it was phenomenal. I think you got to throw some credit into the broken hand argument because you're blocking 300 plus pound dudes with a broken hand. Yeah. I, I Boy, I, I love that choice. Is that what you think they did, or is that what you would would name? Oh man, now you, now you have me questioning myself. Just curious before I tell you who, the, who they chose. Uh, I'm going to say that one. Yeah, that's what I would do, and that's what I think they did. Okay, uh, that's not what they did. <clears throat> How about this? We went from the fans are toxic to team MVP. What do you make of Tyron Matthew winning the Derek Thomas Award for 2021? Uh, no comment. Don't want to get put on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, all reality, Tyron Matthew was was good this year, right? In a year where a lot of the star players had, again, like you said, quote unquote down years. Tyron Matthew is an interesting case because he does a lot of the things that don't show up in the box score. Tyron Matthew was noticeably missed every time he was off the field. There was complete bewilderment in the secondary when he was off. It was like guys had no idea what to do. They had no yeah. idea where to be. I don't think he necessarily should have won the the team MVP. I, I, I don't think some of his, his stats, uh, you can say his business decisions, you can say his injuries. I know he was banged up. Can't hold it against a man, but if you're going to be playing and you're going to be out there and on some tackles, it looks like you maybe don't give it your all. You're, you're going to get called out. You know, it's, if you are out there, you're expected to make that play. If you're going to be paid like the highest safety in the NFL, right? Like there's certain requirements. I'm not expecting to be, you know, just an name an average safety, but if you want to be Justin Simmons, if you'd be one of these guys, then be him. I like Tyron Matthew a lot. I hope they resign him. I hope they find a way to keep him in Kansas City. 
but he would have not been my choice for team MVP. Although what he does off the field and for the community is also incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see all that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad they gave it to him in a way that I hope they keep him. I hope that that's a good message in that way. Um, this is a teammate award, right? I mean, this is, so that just shows how much Matthew is appreciated, respected, admired by even those guys around him that, that, that speaks volumes about what we don't know about what he adds, what he does, who he is. Um, I will say, from an outside perspective, I just think Travis Kelsey remains such a pillar, such an icon, a clearly visible asset in the community with at-risk children, educational efforts there, um, with Operation Breakthrough, I think it is, that I, I, I just, he would have earned the award for me just just because of who he is and and what he provides uh, in, in, in all ways, but, uh, but really you, you can't go wrong. And again, this was not a year with a clear winner. There were a lot of players who you're like, Oh yeah, they had a great year. This is not a career year. This is not the year that I will remember for them. Yeah. Which makes it really hard, which is why Joe Tooney stands out to you because not only is he new, but he played great and he played, he was everything is advertised. Amazing. Amazing. You're totally right. Yeah, I don't know if part of this award was maybe, hey, Tyron, come back. Give us a little team-friendly deal. Give us a little something. Cut a couple <laughs> mil off a season. We'll give you an award. We'll give you we'll give you this now. Now come back. It'll be interesting to see how this all works out. Orlando Brown Jr., yeah. Tyron Matthew, 25 free agents, lots of needs outside of even those guys. This is going to be a fun offseason, that's for sure. Well, for me, it's difficult, and I love Tyron Matthew. I don't. I'm. I'm saying it, but it's not safety, in my opinion. It's not a premier position. Like you can get by with less than less than the best safeties in the NFL, right? I, I think you truly can. We've been spoiled in Kansas City because we had obviously Eric Berry, then you have Tyron Matthew, and then Juan Thornhill really impressed his rookie season here before the injuries. You just don't want someone who gets torched back there. I would prefer to spend money on cornerback, edge, left tackle, or Leonard Brown Jr. than I would about safety, where I think you can get maybe 75% of the production at a much, much lower cost. Nothing against Tyron Matthew, but if I'm going from a strictly business perspective, that's probably the route that I would go and focus more on the, uh, you know, the premier positions of edge and left tackle. Yeah, I, I think I would differentiate. I think I would I would think I would verge away from you there just so I don't get struck by Twitter or lightning. I think that that role matters more in Spags' defense, especially because of his versatility and his ability to be that ultimate chess piece. <laughs> his versatility there allows Spags to do several other things and add other wrinkles that he couldn't have if he just had your league average replacement safety at at strong safety free like if you wanted to do that well pal you've not heard my luxurious need to safety scenario then well there it is <laughs> yeah i mean maybe that's it and maybe that's it and maybe that's the new evolution and maybe that's the way the chiefs go they could play a little hardball there with negotiations it's hard it's hard to say there's a lot of questions a long off season ahead we will not be here any further to discuss it coming up later this week Matt Verderam is going to be checking in um, because he is back from vacation. And uh, he told me that he came back a little bit early. He's uh, both he and Patrick were at the Super Bowl 
We were not Sterling. We were not at the Super Bowl. Well, no, what are we doing? We're not the one percent. We didn't get we're the not. invite. No, we're not. Somehow, somehow we missed that boat. I was too busy making a pina colada. So, <laughs> anyway, we're uh, we've been so glad that you've joined us today. However, um, Patrick may be back later this week. Certainly, Matt Verderam will be back later on this week uh, on Thursday to discuss all their musings from the Super Bowl, having been on site. They'll probably start talking about some Chiefs offseason and how much they want Eli Apple to sign in Kansas City. Other than that, we just want to say thanks. If you haven't already pressed like, if you haven't checked out subscriptions, please do so. Thanks to Casey Beer Company, our sponsor. Sterling, you have any parting thoughts for anyone? Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Drink some Casey Beer. We always appreciate it. When I uh, went down there and met Steve, he was blown away by the support that you guys have given us and given them. Uh, it truly means a lot that you guys are, are helping and supporting us because we could not do this. We could not do any of this without you guys. So honestly, sappy moment. Thank you guys so much. I know the Chiefs lost. It was not the way we wanted to go out. They were not in the Super Bowl, but it was just an absolute blast spending time and doing this with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for Sterling Holmes, you can find him on Twitter at HomestretchKC. My name is Matt Connor. You can find me at Matt Connor AA. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. And as Patrick always says in a very slow, methodical way, go Chiefs. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.